here on the screen when you're joining from a computer. You can you don't have to make it be your name. You can click it, rename and rename yourself to be anonymous. To request to speak, you use the raise hand icon by rolling over the bottom of the screen. If you need to join by phone, you can also call in and you can enter the webinar ID. If you want to comment during public comment, you can press star nine on your phone and be recognized by the chair. Please be mindful the teleconference is recorded as any ZAB meeting is recorded and all other rules or procedure apply to ZAB meetings conducted by teleconference or video conference. At the start of the meeting, the chair may rearrange the agenda or place additional agenda items on the consent calendar. So it's important to be present at the start of the meeting. Thank you all for being here on time. And it's great to see so many faces in person. And you can also uh, submit comments by writing an email in advance. And I noticed we did get an, uh, we did get a comment in advance. We have some information that was provided that each of the zoning board members have in front of them today. Um, anything else? No other house items to address. We can start with the roll call. Let's do that. Thank you. Uh, please indicate if you are present and if you have any ex parte. Uh, Commissioner Trigu is out. Chair Duffy. I am present. I do have ex parte to disclose. I spoke with the applicants at 2712 Telegraph on October 2nd, and we discussed the process of ZAB reviewing a project that's been modified since the DRC comments have been addressed. And they had not met with DRC following, but I suggested they present it to the zoning board this evening with the changes that they had made. That was what we discussed. Thank you. Vice Chair Gaffney. The president and I also have an ex parte for 2712 Telegraph. Um, I met with the applicant on September 29th, also regarding the changes they've made since the um, initial DRC meeting. Um, so, yes. Commissioner Thompson. Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Lunapara. Present, no ex parte. Commissioner O'Keefe is out. Commissioner Blackaby. Uh, present, no ex parte. Commissioner Young. Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Sanderson. Present, no ex parte. Thank you. All right. Next on this evening's agenda, we've got public comments on non-agenda matters. So if anyone, I don't see any green cards here, but if, if, uh, if anyone has something to speak to the board about in the public forum, either in person or online on a non-agenda item, that's, we will get to the agenda item soon enough. But if you got something that's not on the agenda, you would like to share, uh, there's nobody here in person that has filled out a green card. I actually didn't mention that, but it looks like most people know. Anyone in person, if you wish to speak on a topic, please fill out a green card and, and give it to our SAB secretary, and we'll make sure that you have the opportunity to speak. Um, I've got two already. Online, please raise your hand if you wish to speak on an on a item that's not on the agenda. I don't see any hands. Okay. Next on the agenda is agenda changes. The chair may reorder the agenda at the beginning of the meeting. Um, I would actually like to do that after discussion with, um, with staff. They noted that there was an error in making this agenda and that the 
the project 2712 telegraph, I would like to move that to the action calendar. And I would like to move it to the action calendar after item number four. So it'll be item number five, 2712 telegraph. We now will move to the consent calendar. The consent calendar allows the board to take action without discussion on agenda items for which there are no persons present to wish to speak and no board members who wish to discuss. The consent calendar can include a variety of items, either approval of previous meeting, meeting minutes, modifications of existing use permits, items being continued, or items noticed for public hearing. So we now will move to a discussion not just a discussion but we'll we'll move to any comments on items that are on the consent calendar so if the public wishes to speak on any item on the consent calendar not item number two but item number three which is 2411 6th street that's on the consent calendar uh, if anyone would like to speak on that there's nobody here in person but if there's anybody any hands I see online that wish to speak, you can speak. Okay, seeing none, uh, then the, I would make a motion to approve the consent calendar with item number two, 2712 telegraph removed and put on the action calendar as an item number five. I can second. Thank you, board member Gaffney. We've got a second. Now we vote. This is to approve the action minutes from September 28th, 2023, and the use permit for 2411 6th Street. Chair Duffy? Aye. Vice Chair Gaffney? Yes. Commissioner Thompson? Yes. Commissioner Lunapara? Yes. Commissioner Blackaby? Yes. Commissioner Young? Yes. Commissioner Sanderson. Yes. The motion passes and I realized that I did not put the me the meeting minutes from last meeting on that though they're also on the consent counter but I didn't suggest I didn't say they were an item. Do we need to vote on that? You, I did. You okay, said the great. consent. I said the I said it can sometimes it was one of the items that can be on the consent counter. Yeah. Well, it is on the assent counter. And we don't have board member Trigub to catch us on You said any the consent errors. calendar minus 2712. So I think you captured everything in your motion. Okay, thank That's you. How I heard it. Just checking on my team here. Appreciate that. Okay. So now we move to the action calendar for the evening. The action calendar begins with 2924 Russell Street. This is an appeal of a zoning officer's decision to approve the AUP to install an unenclosed hot tub in the rear yard. And the way that this works is we'll have staff present, first present the content of the application and the appeal. And then next to speak will be the appellant. This is your time. And after that, the applicant may also speak. Mr. Um, Chair, mm -hmm. uh, I need to recuse myself because I live within 500 feet of the both the appellant and the applicant. Okay, thank you. And we would still love to have you for item number five if you are 
available. She might come back. We have a we have a little room. You can you know where to go, and you've done this before. I'm not sure, but are you also allowed to just go roam free and enjoy the outdoors? I think you are. Okay. So we have a presentation from staff. And then if the board has any questions for staff, uh, please um, ask away when the presentation is complete. We have Samella Stover presenting tonight on behalf of staff. Uh, you can share your screen. Is, are you seeing it? Just, no, it's just on that side where you can see the screen, but not on there. Yeah, interesting. And I can see it on, and I can see it on the one on my laptop here, but I cannot see it on the uh, screen that is being shared with the greater public. Boom, there it is. <laughs> Love it. Okay, great. We're doing it. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Good, good evening, board members. My name is Samella Stover. Samella, can I interrupt you for one moment? Find, yep, one of those mics is yours. Please feel to pull it on up as, as about as close as I've got mine. And can you hear me now? Then we can hear you. And I want to make sure that the public hears you too. So we can hear you pretty well. Okay. Uh, can you hear me now? I think so. Okay. Make sure that there, there's a little button with a, a face and a mouth and some speaking in like the little moments. And that should have a, it should turn red next to it. Boom, there it is. All right. Welcome, thank you. And we're lucky to have you. Um, good evening, board members. My name is Samala Stover and I'm the planner for the subject property in appeal before you at 2924, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2924 Russell. So the project being appealed tonight is the zoning officer's decision to approve an administrative use permit to install an unenclosed hot tub. The project approved by the zoning officer would install an unenclosed hot tub behind the two-story house within the R1 zoning district. As shown in the slide, the proposed hot tub is located near the shared lot line. Here is an overall view of the proposed site. And here is a close-up of the proposed site. This is the rear of the property. You can see that there's a deck that is under construction under a separate building permit. The hot tub will be located behind it. There is a six foot five inch concrete wall. Proposed additional vegetation 
And on the neighboring lot, you should be able to see there is an accessory building that was converted from a garage to work study, um, workshop and study with a half bathroom in 2014. Multiple issues were raised in the appeal. However, there are three main appeal points. The first point is that the community outreach was not conducted properly. The hot tub, the second point would be the hot tub would be installed too close to the opponent's property, compromising their privacy and peace. And third, the potential noise associated with the use of hot tubs. The pre-application neighborhood contact is a procedural issue. And although not explicitly required by code, the applicant is required to provide all applicable submittal requirements per the BMC 23404020. The instructions regarding community outreach states that the city strongly encourages owners to meet with their neighbors. However, property owners can and often do designate an applicant to act on their behalf throughout the permitting process, which is the case for this application. Once the applicant is ready to submit the application, they are required to get neighbor signatures on the site plan, drawing, or notified by certified mail. In this case, the owner designated an applicant who completed the required application notice in person and by certified mail. The appellant signed the plans and provided site comment, which will be discussed further in another appeal point. This is a real life view of the site. As you can see, you can see the concrete wall and you can see the accessory structure on the other side of it. There is 25 feet of separation between the proposed hot tub and common living room, living area and bedroom of the appellant's re residence. The presence of an accessory structure or building does not preclude the applicant from having a hot tub on their lot. Additionally, there is an existing wall and new plantings are proposed along the shared lot line. There is adequate separation for potential impacts. Hot tubs are regulated by the city's adopted standards no matter where they are located on the lot. They're required to have mounted and enclosed pumps so the sound is not audible on adjacent lots. The applicant responded to the appellant's concerns regarding noise through the initial application process by stating they will select a model that is quieter than industry standards, install a soundproof mat and additional vegetation. Staff revised the conditions of approval to ensure the installation of a mat and the maintenance of the additional vegetation. Use related noise for hot tubs is regulated under the community noise ordinance and is not underneath the zoning adjustment board's purview. Because of this project's compliance with the zoning ordinance and minimal impacts on surrounding properties, the recommendation is to approve the administrative use permit and dismiss the appeal. I'm available for any further questions. Are there any questions from the board? Seeing none, I would just like to thank you for the clarity in, of your presentation. I really appreciate that. Thank you. We all do.
Okay, next we have the applicant, sorry, we have the appellant to share the nature of their appeal and they've got five minutes to speak. Samela is going to pull up the visuals for the appellant. Okay. And share her screen. Okay. And is the, the appellant present in the room or is the appellant? Okay. Great. Welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Please take take your time to get situated as 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 you may need. No, I I uh oh, I'll stand. Am I uh the purchaser? You're yep. We, we've got you in thank the room you. and online. Thank you and, and welcome. Okay, thank you very much. I was here two weeks ago to audit <laughs> the course. Um, my name is Richard Spohn. I am the appellant uh, in this matter. I have lived at 2928 Russell Street for 40 years. I have raised five children uh, at that address, three of them stepchildren and two of them adopted children uh, from our three years living in Guatemala. That was our, we were three years <laughs> out of the 40 years we were away, but we still were owners of the property. Uh, I am a San Francisco boy. After uh, college and work and so forth, uh, we chose Berkeley rather than going back to San Francisco. This was in early 83. Um, my last stint of work was as director of the California Department of Consumer Affairs for seven years under Jerry Brown. Uh, I was a healthcare lawyer until I retired three years ago. So I am, uh, I've always been quite dedicated and devoted and fascinated by the regulatory process and the interface between the legislative and the executive branch. Uh, I never was in court, so this is, I'm winging it here. Um, I would like to uh, uh, respond. Well, let me let me say this. Let me just march through my presentation. The, the uh, staff packet actually threw a few curveballs, but we'll, let's deal with those. Um, uh, Ms. Dover has, has read from the uh, the instructions for community outreach where the city, the city strongly encourages owners to meet with their neighbors whenever possible to present plans and try to identify and resolve issues of concern. Residents, projects in a residential district require contact between the subject property owner and the abutting and confronting property owners. Require contact. Uh, that is the language of the uh, Planning and Development Department's uh, instructions. And um, I'm sorry to say that uh, we, 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 we weren't availed of that privilege. Uh, these are, this is an excellent standard. It's, uh, it fosters neighborliness. It fosters civility. It fosters considerateness. 
it fosters forbearance, and it fosters respect. And those are all values, I think, that we in Berkeley uh, can affirm, and the city has institutionalized the realization of those values in that directive. Uh, I, I will say that in the past, uh, I had a conversant relationship with the, uh, the proponent, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, and, and as a matter of fact, he even asked me for a contractor uh, for, to, con to work on his garage where he stores his motorcycles and he has a studio, I think, there. We had converted our garage, as I had told him, and it's an office for my wife. It's my wife's office, and he knew that. And he said, who's your contractor? And by, by two minutes. I'm sorry? You've got two minutes left, just so you know. Wanted to update you. I I can't operate you. You're okay. The staff. Okay. Okay. Let me say this. I, I think it's unfair that uh, that's your your restriction. I, in this regard, I would like to say something. In the staff analysis, it says property owners and and Ms. Stover quoted this. Property owners may. Uh, designate an applicant to act on their behalf during all stages of permitting. That is nowhere in the code. I, I'm a lawyer. I, I didn't see that anywhere. That is a gratuitous statement. And frankly, it should not be implemented, uh, operationalized here in this case. That is not an excuse for the, for absent, for, for missing the, the, the direct contact. Uh, um, okay. So I had, uh, hope to show you some stuff up here, but I guess we only have a minute. And I just, you know, you're, she talks, then they're going to talk. And, I and get, you'll get an opportunity then to make a follow-up um, comment okay, as well to anything you say. say. This, this hot tub will uh -huh. be 12 feet from my wife's desk. And this information was given to the architect's firm, and it was given to the proponent, all of them, in April. April 14th and April 21st. It was totally ignored. Uh, that fact is critical uh, to our well-being. My wife is 72. She's very noise sensitive. And that hot tub will be right behind her back about 10 feet away. And that was not included. The, the proponent kept that information from the city. And that I find to be offensive because Thank it's so impactful comment. to us. I want to let you know that the five, the five minutes is up. If, if anybody from the zoning board um, has questions, then we can follow up. Um, but you will also get the opportunity to, to respond and present any information you want to share after the applicant has an opportunity to speak to. Can I get 30 seconds, Mr. Chair? Uh, you, you can when you can when you come back up. Because I, I still have a very critical substantive point to make. And I would like to do that. I would like to welcome that. And I welcome that. And we have all the information that you that you've shared with us already. So um, out of all fairness to everybody here, I would like to hold that standard. Thank you. Now is the time when the applicant has an opportunity to respond to the appellant. And I would like to say that I was told by the staff that the order would be staff, proponent, appellant. So that's the way I prepared my presentation. So it got got 
So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that got twisted, but th that that's your time. I actually think it's very important that the, this is the uh, appellant's issue and the appellant should be able to speak first. And so uh, that's the that's the way that we do it every single time. Is there a Zoom meeting that I need to join? Um, you join from the agenda. Okay. Gotcha. You can Google it if you don't have it. Connecting to the uh, Wi-Fi one, one on it. My apologies. We used to have a clock that was really, really helpful for everybody. I know in the old building and it helped anytime I spoke, I remember to the zoning board, it was like super helpful. So now I'm like up here saying two minutes, one minute, and it's difficult. And so if, if that's okay, I'll do it the same with you. I'll say two minutes and I'll say one minute. Um, and then I wanna make sure that the appellant gets to follow up as well. And then if anyone has questions, of course, um, we can bring e either party to the table to, to make sure that everyone's voice is heard. Connecting. I'm not seeing where to share my screen. Ah. Promoting you right now and we'll get it going. Thank you for your patience, everybody. Uh, it, this is um, this is how it goes with technology. Um, the technology is working great and that's that's good. Can you see my screen? Yep. Um, if, if you want to do it in slide mode, okay, there you go. Um, yes, we can see your screen and please go ahead. Um, members of the ZAB, thank you so much for convening tonight. Um, I'm Diana Daisy. I'm here with my our principal, Penn Phillips. My name is Diana Daisy. I'm here with our principal, Penn Phillips. Um, I wanted to thank everyone for their time tonight. Uh, we've prepared the following comments to support our AUP application and address the appeal submitted by Richard Spohn. We hope to provide any information you may need as you review the zoning officer's decision to approve this AUP. So first, um, the, the appellant's objections and our responses. Um, so the first objection is that the pre-application neighborhood contact was not done properly and as Samela has um, reviewed, um, we have met with uh, neighbors five of whom signed the plan while on, on April 3rd and 4th when I, I conducted that community outreach on behalf of our uh, the owners. And then we mailed plans to the three uh, residences that I was not able to speak with in person on those two days. And here's the photos of the certified mail and um, the note that we sent to those neighbors. And then the second objection was that the hot tub would be too close to the appellant's property, compromising their privacy. And as Samela shared, um, our response is the same, that the presence of an accessory structure on the appellant's lot should not preclude um, 
or sorry, the, the presence of an accessory structure on the appellant's uh, property should not preclude our, the applicant from having a hot tub on their lot. And the rear walls of the residence are offset, as you can see in this photo, um, this aerial photo from the rear wall of the dwelling on the subject site, and the hot tub is located almost 11 feet behind it. And 25 feet of separation um, from the common living area in the appellant's home should be sufficient to mitigate any impacts with noise. Um, so this is just a diagram illustrated, further illustrating those distances, 25 feet back and 11 feet east-west. The third objection is that the potential noise associated with the use of the hot tub, um, and so we have some information about intensity and distance, just how sound dissipates the further away you get. Um, upon receiving feedback from Richard's phone in person, we made substantial revisions to the plans, incorporating additional sound and privacy measures before finalizing our AP application. In response to Richard's concerns, we also addressed um, a phone call and email elaborating on his apprehensions. And a comprehensive list of the proposed measures is as follows. So these are a couple of slides showing how sound dissipates with distance. So from nine feet, seven and eight feet away, um, it's an 18 decibel reduction in sound. And uh, in the bottom left, you can see on average, a hot tub generates 41 to 67 decibels of noise. So the loudest hot tub, sorry, my Zoom menu is blocking this here. The loudest hot tub generates noise that is below the Berkeley ordinance of 55 decibels. You've got two minutes. Thank you. Yep. Furthermore, there's a six foot five concrete wall between the properties that's existing and proposed to remain, um, which should also provide some further mitigation beyond the proposed improvements. Um, the proposed improvements include uh, a low noise hot tub, so quieter than industry standards, such as the Sundance Cameo or similar, uh, a sound reducing compliant mat, so a rubber mat between the hot tub and the concrete um, pad that it sits on. And then finally, a podocarpus hedge, which is a dense evergreen screen in between the tub and the wall. And here's the Berkeley ordinance chart for reference. And that concludes our comments. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we'll now go to a two minute present. Well, the, we, the appellant has two minutes to share any additional information that you wish to uh, share, especially addressing anything you think the applicant, now that the applicant has had that opportunity to speak to. Um, please feel free and come on up. You've got uh, two minutes and, and the applicant will also have two minutes to also respond to anything brought up during um, your two minutes. Um, this is also a time that the board can ask any questions uh, of you while you're here. Uh, so if the board has questions at the time that um, he is finished, then you're welcome to. Welcome back. Um, Thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I won't be able to give an adequate presentation, but let me say this. Uh, the, uh, the staff person for the architectural firm uh, presented some numbers up there with respect to sound. They're not in any of the materials that have been around. What the, 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 I really tried to make sense out of the numbers that were in the approval notice. Um, 
there, there was no place where it was argued. Uh, this is what a hot tub does. This is what Berkeley requires. And this is how we are in compliance. There was never that logical stream of presentation in any of the materials I saw. And so therefore, it's, un, it's difficult to know what we're going to be protected by. There were two standards. One, well, it has to be less, and this is in the scope of work in one of the architectural drawings. It has to be, uh, the noise has to be lower than, than the standard industry. So that's a little bit less, but that doesn't really tell you where you are. It, beg, it begs the question. And secondly, there's this other one that it says, well, if there's problems down the road, they should be adjusted so that there is not excessive noise to adjacent property. Well, once you take away excessive, you still have noise. And those are the only two standards that I could see presented. Now, maybe this can be argued uh, clearly and, and logically, but it was not in the materials that were made available either to, uh, to, 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 you know, to anybody in the public who, who was trying to figure this thing out. I, I guess I would say that uh, I, I, I just find it very, very difficult that a neighbor could launch a project of this nature uh, without any conversation and, uh, and, and with the ambiguities and, and, the, and just the spurning of the attempts to contact. Uh, and it doesn't work. That's just not a Berkeley way to do it. And, and this is what's happening. And I mean, the, 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 the argument that because we have a dwelling on our property doesn't mean that they can't have a hot tub in their property. That's just specious. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. The mm. issue here is what is the impact of the noise mm. on my wife sitting in her uh, office 10 feet from that hot tub. And we have a hot tub. Uh, we've had two hot tubs. They gurgle, they grind, they toot. They, and there's always kind of a white noise to it. And, you know, I don't think we need that at our, at our stage of life and in our neighborhood. Well, thank you. Are there any questions from the board for the appellant? Might be a question for the applicant, but do you know if hot tubs make noise when they're not turned on? Like if they're off, do they still make noise? Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're they they are sort of regularly purifying themselves. You have to put chemicals into them and so forth, and you know they periodically crank up and gurgle. And at our place where we have the hot tub up in Inverness, it wakes up at night. <laughs> now maybe they've got better protections here, but yes, they are active. You know, the other side of that is the people in the hot tub. And uh, I don't know if any of you have ever had the experience of being in a hot tub with boisterous people, but they're not, you know, they're having a hell of a time. They're, you know, they're often they've got some substances uh, stimulating them and uh, the neighbors have to put up with that. There's no restrictions on this, on the time usage uh, for, for, for the hot tub. But Thank I, you. Okay. Thank you. Any other questions from the board? Uh, seeing none. Thank you for for holding tight on my five minutes and then coming on back. I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, the applicant has two minutes if they'd like to address uh, any of the comments that had just been made, and then we will uh, move to uh, anyone from the public who wishes to speak after that.
Welcome back. Thank you. I'll be brief. Um, I just want to say that I very much appreciate the um, uh, sense, the sense behind the um, community outreach. I think it is very helpful as far as um, maintaining relationships between neighbors. Uh, I am happy to hear that it's common that applicants um, may designate someone to apply on their behalf. Um, I was not aware that this could cause conflict, and um, I think it's uh, possibly. Um, I think we have done everything possible to address the concerns that the neighbor has raised. And in respect to not replying to one of the emails, we received one email that was four pages, um, a phone call, which we returned. And then we received another long email to which we did not respond out of respect for the um, owners and our client's time. Um, but we are more than open to continued discussion and addressing any concerns that the ZAB may have to be able to approve this application. So thank you so much. Thank you. Don't go away yet. There might be questions. Sure. Are there any questions from the board? Board member Young. Actually, no, I don't want to ask that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I've got a question. Sure. Um, just, just a clarification and what I see in the plans here. And we've, we look through them um, and we've seen what you prepared and, and um, from the appellant as well as the applicant, I think there's been a significant amount of information sharing and responding and, and it's been, uh, um, a lot to, I mean, we're used to this, but it's a lot to read and understand. And I just wanted to be clear, um, are you also proposing, uh, you're proposing a, a sound mat. Could you speak to that, what that is and does? Yeah, um, so I spoke with a vendor from Berkeley Heat, uh, which mm -hmm. they sell hot tubs, they're a local vendor. And they recommended, uh, I sent them an article um, with different measures for how to reduce hot tub sound. And one of the measures in that was a mat. And they said, yes, you could, specify a mat to go along with the Sundance cameo or similar, you would just need to check that it complies with the manufacturer's specifications. And the idea is you have a concrete pad and you have your hot tub. And normally that's all you have, but you can put a mat in between them and that'll help reduce vibration and sound. Thank you. And then I also noticed, are you, your, your, is it also uh, sure if you could just state that, um, are you planting things as well to address sound? Yes, um, the podocarpus hedge is a dense evergreen screen, so that should add some additional uh, sound reduction. Thank you very much. Any questions from the board? On that hedge, is that more for visual or for for auditory? It's some of both. Um, it should be dense enough to help with sound a bit. It's especially important for privacy and screening. Um, they can get plenty tall. That you know, I, I, it should be very, quite private. Um, but yeah, it should it should provide some sound buffering as well. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, now we move to anybody from anyone in person who wishes to speak. I do not have any green cards on this topic, on this uh, item. Anybody in, in the public who wishes to speak online, if there's a hand raised, then um, please do so now. Okay, seeing none, then uh, the public hearing is now closed. And now this is the time for the zoning board to discuss to discuss the item and discuss or make any motions and discuss those motions too. I think you're supposed to do a voice vote to close the hearing. Thank you. We're supposed to do a voice vote to close the public hearing. All those in favor of closing the public hearing, say aye. 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 All those opposed, say nay. Okay. Thank you. All right. The public hearing is now closed. Now we get to discuss amongst ourselves in front of the public. Would anybody, board member Thompson. 
I just wanted to um, talk about the, the the way the sound ordinance works and whether that applies to ADUs or is that the property itself? Like, um, you know what I mean? Because the accessory structure is sounds seems like it's two feet away from the fence. Um, who is that question? Uh, that might be like a two. I know I'm always saying stuff to the group, <laughs> and it's like that's for staff. Um, I think I could just do a quick answer, okay. and that the sound ordinance, which has been mentioned and is addressed in the staff report, this the sound ordinance applies across is, is the rights of 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 a of a person on their property within their property for any issue re relating to sound. It doesn't have to be indoor, outdoor. Um, that's my understanding. Um, and so just to be clear then in the case that there is a public gathering in somebody's home or in their yard uh, a neighbor that believes that that anything might be happening on that property that is in violation of the sound ordinance they are supported by berkeley law to be able to call and make a call and have the sound ordinance enforced and so hot tubs and their noise, as well as any people and their noise, as well as a birthday party or a band, those are covered under the sound ordinance, sound ordinance which is, which applies and is in the staff report. I hope I got that right, Samantha. Okay, I did. Thank you. I read it. Any other discussion? Quick question or comment is, how typical these distances with hot tubs is this typical i mean have we approved plenty of other you know situations layouts like this less than typical more than typical i'm just curious where this fits kind of in the in the series of hot tubs that have had this kind of installation and the distances to neighbors is this fairly typical i would say this is that would be a, a question for staff because typically hot tubs are, don't come to the zoning board the only reason it's in front of the zoning board is because it's an appeal Fair. And so we have not seen seen that before, but I think it's it's not just hot tubs. It's it's anything that might be happening. We deal with noise and noise issues, and we did just in our last meeting about the noise of a car wash. And so uh, you know, noise is is important and is addressed addressed in the code. Uh, and so I'd say either whether it's typical or not, it's really about adhering to a standard that we all have. You know, it's Berkeley law. That's a general thought. One comment about hot tubs, I know they, they generally, like you can program it, but they would turn on for two hours to filter water for 12 hours, to filter waters in a 12, water in 12 hour period. And then they turn on again, say 12 hours later. So they go through some cycles, but um, board member Luna Parr, to, your, to answer your question, there are times when they are just quiet, but it is, the motor does go on and it goes on probably twice a day, typically um, to, to circle the water. I have a, just a, a general comment, which is a lot of times when there are things like this, and I just appreciate everybody coming here um, to, to help address this important issue. Um, a lot of times on the board, we might suggest something like um, to, to mitigate some of the potential issues. But in this case, I, I do feel like that that the, the applicant has, has made uh, an effort to mitigate some issues. And it, it's, to me, it seems significant and adequate. Um, that's just a personal opinion. Um, but I think normally that's a place where I think we could suggest things or, or hope hope to sort of help address some of the concern. Um, so, Board Member Thompson, just um, in reading the materials, um, I read them 
quite a long time. And uh, I'm hearing like a lot of, I mean, there's the hot tub situation and then there's also the issue of respect and good neighborliness. And uh, I just really hope that the neighbors can get together and uh, address the conflict. I mean, there's car issues and there's yard working issues and there's the future and who might buy the house. And it's a lot of additional things in addition to just the hot tub. So I do hope regardless of the outcome that the neighbors can come together and be neighborly more. Like that was really poorly put, but I hope you guys know what I meant. Corbin McGaffney. Um, well, I do think the applicant has um, done its part on mitigation measures, uh, considering the soundproofing mats, vegetation is going to be quite tall. Um, even says a pump shall be mounted and closed and maintained to prevent noise. Um, and I do agree. I do hope the neighbors um, are able to come to a good conclusion. But I do think I um, I would like to make a motion to uphold the zoning officer's decision to approve the um, administrative use permit and dismiss the appeal. So there's a second. OK, now, if there's any discussion on that motion, feel free to discuss. Otherwise, we'll go to a vote. OK, let's go to a vote. Okay, thank you. This is to um, for 2924 Russell to approve the AUP and dismiss the appeal. Appeal, Chair Duffy. Aye. Vice Chair Gaffney. Yes. Commissioner Thompson. Yes. Commissioner Lunapara. Yes. Commissioner Blackaby. Yes. Commissioner Young. Yes. Commissioner Sanderson has recused herself. Okay, the the motion passes. The appellant's appeal is is denied, and there is no appeal process to the zoning board decision. So and you, it, it's appealable to city council. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you so much. It is, and it is appealable to city council. I stand corrected, and I apologize. Um, this is appealable to city council, and there is a two-week appeal period after the notice of decision of this hearing is mailed. So there'll be a notice of decision that will come out. There'll be a two-week period, and if there's an appeal within that time, then it will go to city council. I want to thank both parties for all the hard work that it takes to help resolve these things, and I hope that the zoning board in, in some way can help strengthen what board member Thompson has said, which is a motto in my mind, and I hope uh, you could say it again, but it's, uh, I, I appreciate that. So um, thank you. The next item on the agenda is our last item. Item number five, 2712 Telegraph Avenue. Uh, we'll be joined by Katrina Lapira, who will be presenting on behalf of staff um, on Zoom. There she is. Hey, everyone. Give me one second. I'll go ahead and share. Actually, we are not hearing you. Oh, can you hear me now? Oh, and oh, there you are. I can see you. Oh, now I can't. Oh, I'm, I'm still here. Can you hear me, Samantha? Does Katrina need to be 
we're not hearing you on Zoom or in the boardroom. How about now? Can you hear me now? Samantha? For some reason, it's not. This happened earlier as well. It shows up on my computer, but it doesn't show up in the boardroom computer system. Yeah, give me just um, a minute. Should I wait to share my screen? Welcome back, board member Sanderson. Thanks for sticking it out. Katrina, can you try talking again, please? Yeah, can you hear me? Still no. No. Still no. Try one more. Um, I can see it get, it's interesting because it shows up on my screen. Can you hear me now? Yeah, so like I something happened and now I can see you on my screen, but it's not, okay, now it's back out to the boardroom view. Can you hear me at all? Or no? Very sorry. <laughs> we're we're doing fine. Thank you. We're good. We are so thankful for you. Trina, can you, you try again? Are yeah, can you always hear me? nope, not yet. Nope. Hmm. Um, it, maybe we just Last time you waited a second and you were like, it just worked. Yeah, Did that? Because I, I can see you. Oh, you restarted that. So the system here is is unique. It's um, it's not just about Zoom. It's really about the screens here. I know. Tell them why we just started. Yeah, we had this problem when you were gone. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, everyone. Thank you so much. Doing great. 
<laughs> this is she you have always saved us when the technology tries to bring us down and i'm thankful for you we are i'm, I'm over here just powerless in my chair i i will not help if i get up it will make it worse i just i'm gonna start bringing my teenagers <laughs> is it the, oh yeah you know, thank you for bearing with us everyone we usually get well. Samantha up to grave usually makes it happen. Maybe while we try to figure it out. Sorry. Okay, so we are going to take a short recess. We are going to take a five-minute recess. Uh, it's it's eight o'clock right now. We will reconvene at eight o five. Thank you for your patience, everybody. Thank you so much. We're going to fix this. <laughs>
Can you hear me? Hello? Yes. We um, can we can hear you, but we're on a we have four more minutes in our recess. I see. Okay. You're super loud, so we'll figure that out too. Okay. Let me know when you want me to test, mic test again. Can you try? Can you try again? Test. Testing. Hello. Check. Could you go into your audio in, your audio settings and turn your input down a little bit? Okay, let me. Like this is very this is quite loud too. Is it? Would we be able to turn it down globally? Over here on the board. So okay. I remember somebody turned it up because they couldn't hear the yeah. Got it. I think they changed it back. Thank you for checking that. Got it. I just know for the public, I don't want to have to ask each one of them to turn their mic down because that will be a difficult task. I think staying pretty high. No, yeah, I think, Samantha, I think you did. I remember there was something you had done and they got, <laughs> it got loud. We're close. We're so close. We're only two minutes in. Testing, testing. This sounds more normal. That sounds great. Can check you try yours? Katrina. Test. Testing. Check, check. It's a little You're so very loud. loud. We're going to so take... loud. Uh, let me see how... Okay. Need to do it, Katrina. Just hold on. We'll need to do it on our end because uh, it will be an issue for every every person speaking from their computer. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So you may have to just turn it down. I did at least. So I think the speech. Also, let's see. Yeah. Katrina, can you try again? Encouragement. Check. That's One, two, three. Better. That's better. Thank you. Okay. Chair Duffy, could you test your mic as well? Microphone check one, two. This is more like what we had before, which is fine. I don't mind leaning into it. We can turn you up a little uh, bit. No need. I think that's fine. As long as the applicants on their computers or any public commenter sounds normal. Thank Thanks, everyone, with two minutes to spare. Now, I told everyone that we'll start at 8.05. We got one more minute. Uh, um, so... We, we will start at 8.05, so take a stretch, and um, then we'll start.
I want to say it. I always get me excited on the mic. I'm saying that. No, I'm good. Everything's great. We're good. Happy. We're thankful for you. Okay, we can start back again. It is 8.05. Welcome back. The technology is running. Put your hands together for Zab Secretary Samantha Updegrave and our tech crew. We are up and running. Uh, welcome back. Thank you for your patience, everybody. Okay, we've got it. So now we can start with item number five. We will have a staff presentation from Katrina Lapira. And if the board has any questions for Katrina, they can ask her at that time. All right, I'll go ahead and share my screen. Okay, good evening, board members. My, as mentioned, my name is Katrina Lapira, and I'm the planner for the project before you, located at 2712 Telegraph. This is a mixed-use density bonus project that proposes 40 dwelling units and over 500 square feet of commercial space. In this presentation, I'll share some background about the site, project specifics, additional conditions of approval, and then provide staff's recommendation. All right. The project site is located mid-block along Telegraph Avenue between Derby Street to the north and Ward Street to the south in a commercial district characterized by an eclectic mix of uses, including educational, community, medical, and general commercial uses. The western portion of the block is split zoned as both commercial and residential and is primarily developed with multifamily dwelling units. Commercial uses adjacent to the site along Telegraph are within buildings that resemble single-family dwelling units. To the east, across Telegraph Avenue, is the City of Berkeley Recreation Administration Office, as well as Willard Middle School and Park. The 9,695-square-foot lot maintains about 93 feet of frontage along Telegraph and is accessed by two curb cuts. The lot is currently developed with two two-story commercial buildings addressed as 2714 and 2712 Telegraph. 2712 Telegraph is currently home to the Pacific Center, an LGBTQIA resource center, which was founded in 1973. The Pacific Center is the oldest resource center of its kind in the Bay Area. At the Landmarks Preservation Commission meeting on August 3rd of this year, the commission took no action to initiate the landmark or structure merit designation. However, with the significance of the resource center in mind, they recommended that the project be conditioned so that the that information about the Pacific Center be archived. As such, the following conditions have been draft, drafted for your consideration. Condition 16 outlines the criteria of the professional who will prepare the supplemental historic resource evaluation and photo documentation document 
described in conditions 20 and 21. These added conditions reflect the commission's recommendation to document and preserve important information about this long-standing community resource. On to the proposed project. The zoning allows for the demolition of the existing buildings and the construction of a 27,675 square foot building at a height of 50 feet, consisting of 28 units and four stories with the applicable use permits. With a density bonus of 46.25%, by designating over 14% of the base project units affordable at the very low income level, the project is entitled to a building of about 41,065 square feet at a height of about 70 feet with 40 units with the applicable waivers and concessions. The proposed project meets the objective standards set forth in the zoning ordinance and is consistent with the land use designation and policies of the general plan. In addition to the LPC conditions, staff recommends adopting condition number 15, which includes specific direction for final design review. At the design review committee hearing on April 20th of this year, the project received an unfavorable recommendation with direction that is now incorporated in the proposed condition. Since this meeting, the project design has been revised to respond to the DRC's comments. Although the project did not return to DRC, design staff reviewed the revisions and found that the modifications addressed the majority of the comments raised. These revisions will be evaluated further by the DRC during final design review. With the added conditions, Staff recommends that the board holds a public hearing and upon conclusion, approve the zoning permit pursuant to the section before you and subject to the findings and conditions. This concludes staff's presentation. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you. Any questions? Any questions? Board member Young. Hello. Um, I have a couple of questions to better understand the um, timeline on table three of page eight. Um, so I think three quick questions. The first one, I would like to better understand um, why the SB 330 preliminary application was deemed incomplete. Um, I understand the city has a checklist. It's available, so I'm just wondering what happened there. Yeah, let me go ahead and I'm still scrolling to the correct page. So give me one second. I think I can take this question. Um, okay. We don't have the incomplete letter as part of the packet. Um, but I'd be happy to follow up with you um, and send you a copy um, of the incomplete letter. They are available online, um, but I don't know that we can answer those questions uh, really without having the material uh, like available and having reviewed it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that would be useful to see to better understand what the prelim application process looks like. Um, and so that leads to maybe my third question I'll jump forward, which is what is the date of vesting rights for this application? It is, it would be on August 
see, August 8th, 2022. And is, is that, oh, I see. Okay, so that's when the prelim application was considered complete. Okay, thank you. And then real quick, um, what is the, um, the use SB three thirty use permit application is that just the prelim application? So that's like the full application for the use permit. The preliminary application, well, SB three thirty as uh, as a term. Well, that's just like the regular use permit application for under December twenty ninth, twenty twenty two. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I can just clarify to you that the process is um, SB 330 allows applicants to submit a preliminary housing development application, um, which once they submit a complete preliminary housing application, locks in the vesting rights for zoning and land use regulations. Um, but then they have a certain amount of time where they have to apply for the actual use permit. Um, in order for that vesting to remain um, effective. I, well, I don't want to, it's either 90 days or 180 days. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. say, cause I can't remember the top mm -hmm. of my head. Got it. Okay. Um, okay, cool. That was my questions. Thanks. Any other questions for staff? Okay, see, seeing none, we'll now move to a presentation from the applicant. The applicant has five minutes. I'm sorry, can I make one correction? Mm -hmm. I yeah, apologize, I didn't read the whole way, um, but this project actually vested on March 29th of 2023. Um, they submitted changes that exceeded a 20% threshold and um, when you exceed a 20% threshold, the vesting is no longer applicable. And so in order to lock in when they had made their changes, um, they submitted a new complete preliminary housing development application on March 29th. Okay, thank you. Welcome, uh, feel free, take your time to get set up and um, make sure that you're speaking into a mic so we can all hear you. And um, when you're ready, uh, we are ready for you. You've got five minutes. I'm gonna tell you two minutes and then one minute before time's up. And then of course, if the board has any questions that you know, your answer can take as long as needed. Yes. And if there's anything you cover, pro tip, if there's anything you'd like to be asked about, you can say that too. Uh, and, and maybe you would be, but 
that's up to you. Okay, we're ready. For the okay, five ready to go. The technology works. Yeah. The three of you are there. We've got two microphones on. Okay, uh, welcome and and thank you. All right. Uh, Thank you, Chair Duffy, and uh, thank you to the rest of the board, and thank you to Katrina for that um, very excellent uh, introduction and presentation. Um, so I'm just going to touch on uh, a few of the design changes that uh, came about as of that uh, design review uh, committee hearing that Katrina alluded to. And so um, I'll just get into the, the good stuff. Uh, here uh, on this first slide, you can see um, the uh, what we'll call the original design uh, that we presented at that uh, May meeting. And on the right, we have the updated design. And as Katrina mentioned, we really heard the feedback that we got from the design review, um, as well as uh, from some of our neighbors. And we took that to heart. And we started, uh, we kind of went back to the drawing board to look at materials, colors, uh, the articulation, the uh, fenestration, all those components to really uh, look at, a, uh, begin addressing those points, uh, each one of those. Um, I've, I've kind of highlighted about five of the uh, main ones here in this slide. Um, we're looking at, you know, increased glazing at uh, the areas along telegraph, additional articulation uh, of the facade through these framing elements, uh, a reconsidered material palette, more variation at the roof line, and uh, some quieter patterning. Uh, this is a view from the north looking south. So again, you can see how we're really trying to um, liven, enliven the, the building uh, make the ground floor and the upper floors work more seamlessly together and um, really just kind of uh, look to create a more cohesive building concept. Uh, this is a view of that ground floor uh, along Telegraph. So you can see that we've uh, ad um, uh, added additional storefront glazing at the commercial. Uh, we're... Um, uh, focusing uh, some attention at the uh, residential entry and then uh, introducing other components that we feel really enhance the pedestrian experience. Um, I mentioned that we had some really good input from our neighbors. Um, I want to uh, thank David and Melanie Wise um, for, uh, for their contributions. Uh, here at the rear facade, you can see how we have um, thought worked with worked with them about what the fence could be, and and how to use that element to as an enhancement and also a privacy screen. So we're looking at a solid portion with a trellis or a, a lattice portion above, and some vining natural um, native species as well as some, some trees that work to, again, provide some screening, but not um, create too dark of a, of a space. Um, I should also mention uh, one of the other things that uh, we looked at doing was uh, initially we didn't have these framing elements um, 
uh, kind of in the same configuration as they they are right now, but with some input from uh, from uh, both our neighbors and from uh, Commissioner Gaffney, uh, we we looked at making that uh, these elements more harmonious with the the rest of the framing elements around the building. And in doing so, we also dropped the height of the parapet at this rear elevation to um, to kind of work with that concept. Um, and then finally here, we're, uh, we're looking at using as many uh, drought tolerant plants uh, and native species as possible. So uh, now I'd like to uh, invite Michael to um, say a couple of things about um, the Pacific. Cool, Center. thank you. Looks like we're under a minute. Uh, Got 45 seconds. Here you oh, go. Good. Uh, so yes, I'm Michael Thomas. I'm the director of operations for Panoramic. We're the developers. Um, uh, uh, one point of clarification, Pacific Center has moved. Um, they've moved into a new building, uh, which was we, we helped them do that. Um, that was kind of the main point that I wanted to bring up, which you can ask me about later. Um, but there was three things that they really wanted. One was a, a building that was more accessible. The current building was not. Second, uh, closer to campus and the high school, which the, it was not, and also a longer lease. We gave them all three. Um, we have become close. We've become very friendly. Lasara wanted to come. She's the executive director, but she's already asleep. She goes to bed at eight. Um, so she's getting up at 3.30. Uh, anyway, please ask me about the display that we're going to be crafting with them. Um, and also how we help them move. Thank you. And I appreciate you keeping it to five minutes. Thank you. And I would just, um, to, to, I, I'm not going to ask you specifically about that, but I'm just going to notice or just take note of the letter that was written um, by Lasara in uh, with the Pacific Center um, that she's, it's in the actual last, last page of the staff report um, for anyone in, in on the board who's interested. Um, now, are there any other questions? Are there any questions from the board to the applicant? All right, board member Sanderson. Hi there. Um, I have a question about the, um, would be the west wall of the building where you have the fence between you and the neighbor. Is there any entrance or, or um, exiting from that air in that area? No, okay, so you're not worried about it because I was going to ask about the fence and noise, but if there aren't people walking around there, it doesn't matter. No, and um, I'd like to also add that we've done particular care of actually screening the backyard so that it's not, they don't have doors, the patios, they've got views out there, so the tenants, so we've actually kind of kept that area particularly private okay. and not provided. Um, all of our usable open spaces on the roof, which is a small roof deck towards the center of the building, so not peering over there. And as well as we do have a small area to the north, which we've located in kind of an area which is not nearly adjacent. So okay. we, as, as best we try to do is we create uh, areas where the tenants would not be um, encouraged to be <laughs> on the other side of the yeah. fence, but uh, provided landscaping, drought tolerant, um, stormwater, you know, taking care of uh, creating impervious uh, pervious surfaces around the building, but not necessarily kind of for, um, you know, okay. public gathering type of spaces. Okay, thank you. Board Member Young. Thank you. Um, I'll just put, I hope will be one of the takeaways from a few of my questions at the front, which is, I hope that neighbors will realize that this project is exceptionally paying close attention to the needs and context of its surroundings. 
So my first question is, um, I'd like to, why isn't the project using any concessions or incentives under density bonus? Um, I, we are, we are, we're using, I'm sorry, waivers. waivers. No, no concessions. Correct. Um, just not we didn't find them necessary, I guess, in order to make this building. Oh, wow. Okay. So translation for everyone in the audience is because this project is providing low income units, it's offered to what are called concessions or incentives. And what a concession or incentive does is it basically gets rid of a city policy. So they could have used one of those, for example, to hypothetically remove the public art. Um, so I was just wondering about that. Next one is, I would like to better understand the version of the project after design review committee. Um, so you mentioned uh, among one of the design changes, the facade changed. Between this version and the previously proposed version, has the residential square footage of the project changed? No, no, it has not. Would you be able to provide a rough cost estimate for um, how much cost increases as a result of these design changes? Um, Michael? Uh, sure. Um, in, in construction costs? Um, well, the, I would say the biggest cost increaser uh, was the glazing on the front of the building. We increased the size of the windows significantly. Um, the second one is the is the kind of the bump out or the articulation on the front uh, and the the um, kind of lowered shoulders and increased height in the middle. Um, I mean, if I had to take a stab at it, probably, you know, upwards of. I would say probably six hundred thousand um, dollars of, of cost increases as a result of that. Thank you. Any other questions for the applicant? Uh, seeing none. Okay, so thank you for your presentation and thank you for answering our questions. Uh, we could also drag you up and ask more later potentially, but we won't uh, right now. Right now we go to public comment and we begin with those that have come in person. Thank you and thank you for your patience. I'll first begin with Michael and then Melanie. And we've got, to, uh, you have two minutes each uh, to speak. Two minutes. I got huh. five minutes. Um, Don't I have five minutes like everybody else? No, if you're an appellant or an applicant, you get five minutes. But I'm, for the public, uh, you get two. I stand corrected. Uh, Thank you I, and welcome. I should tell you that 45 years ago, I was chairman of this very uh, board. And I congratulate you all for what you're doing. Because Thank you for your service. a lot of time on it. I know. Um, my property uh, is right next door, 2716 Telegraph Avenue. Um, in March, I was informed by Patrick Kennedy, who is a business client of mine, about the project that was being proposed. I sent him a long letter saying, in effect, I think six stories is too high. That location was originally zoned for 40-foot height, which is four stories, and then was apparently increased to 50 feet, which would have been five stories, but now he's got a uh, an exemption to go up to 70 feet, which I just think is too high given everything around it is two-story, including my office, which is an old 1904 residence that I've been there since 1970. Um, I just think that I want it on record. I realize we don't have any any way that we can stop it, but I just want it on your record 
that I'm opposing it um, for the grounds that I think six stories is too high. Um, allocating a thousand square feet to a retail commercial space is ridiculously stupid because one side of it is residential and the other side is my office. There's no retail in that block at all. And I think that I, I, I'm still gonna talk to Patrick and see if I can get him to change his mind. Um, the, uh, what else I got here? Okay, there's 41 units. There's three parking spaces. And I was assured that these students that are gonna be in there, 120 of them all together, when you get all the beds filled, are not gonna have any cars. And I just think that is absolute crap. I know damn well that students do have cars, some do. There's three parking spaces. I think that is ridiculous and I want that on the record. Um, what else have I got to say here? Um, well, I think I've basically covered the points I wanted to make. I have no problem with the development of that site. Uh, the two houses that are on there were built at the same time my office was built in 1904. They're way beyond their natural life. They should be torn down. Um, and uh, so I have no problem with that, no problem with the development. I just think it's too big. I think the commercial space shouldn't be there, and I think that it grossly inadequate parking. Thank you. Thank you very much, and, and, and I appreciate your respect for the two minutes and being able to abbreviate. I appreciate that. We all do. Okay, next is Melanie Wise. Good evening. Hello, welcome. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Loud and clear. So I'm Melanie Wise, and I'm here representing myself and my husband, David Wise, back here. And we are the owners of 2711 Dana Street, the property directly west of uh, the subject property. And I want to begin by saying that we've had a very um, positive and cooperative relationship with both uh, the developer and the architect, um, and we have met with them. And we don't object to the idea and principle of this building. Um, we think of ourselves as bimbies, build it better in my backyard. <laughs> so we, uh, you know, we have worked with them to um, create a better building, we think, that will enhance the neighborhood. We have one outstanding issue, and I did outline that in a letter that I sent to uh, the board and to Katrina today. So you should have it. It wasn't in um, your preview packet. The one outstanding issue is that we have a solar roof. And uh, this building will block our solar uh, power generation for several hours each morning over the summer. And what we're asking is for a balance of the community good. So on one side, we need housing in Berkeley and we acknowledge that and we support that. On the other side, we need clean energy. Um, this clean energy not only uh, benefits my family, this two-unit building that we share with my mother-in-law, it also benefits the community at large because we return uh, unused energy back to the grid um, and we participate in Tesla's virtual power plant program. So when we have power outages, which happen frequently, especially during wildfire season, my roof and our battery are um, actually keeping lights on for our neighbors. So we're just asking for an adjustment to the design. Um, there are several buildings in Berkeley that have a stepped design in the back, which would allow more uh, sunshine to hit our solar roof. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming here in person. And thank you for submitting uh, 
your information. We've got it here and we can see um, some of the examples that you're sharing too. We've got them, thank you. Um, okay, so that's it for public comment in person. Now we go to any public comment online. You can raise your hand and I'll call on you. Okay, seeing, seeing none. Okay, there are none. So now I would like to make a motion to close the public comment period and uh, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Um, all those against say nay. Okay, the public comment period is, is now closed. We now get to discuss amongst ourselves whatever we want. Board Member Sanderson. Um, I would like to hear, can I ask questions of the applicant? You can, um, yes, we, no, maybe. So, yes, you can. Uh, yes, you can. Okay. But we will need to Sorry, it's a little open the public hearing again. Is that right? Um, no, well, I should have asked so, it earlier. Do you, just do, you we, can do a voice vote maybe to reopen. If you have questions. Let's do it. Okay. Let's vote to op reopen the public hearing. All in favor say aye. 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 All in favor, all, all against say nay. Okay. Thank all right. So you. the public hearing is now open and please. Uh, uh, so my question is in response to the suggestion by the speaker on Dana Street. Um, given how tall the building is, would a step in the back of the building actually reduce the length of shadow on her, not the length of the shadow, but length of time that her building is shadowed. Everyone's looking at me blankly. They're shaking it's their okay. heads. And I'm not sure whether I'm she saying, meant notch out, like make the top story can you speak into the mic so everyone can hear you? Thank you. If yeah, I'll, I'll touch on this first, just to for a clarifying point. And I did want to thank Melanie and Dave for for coming. We've met them, and um, I can tell we're going to be very very good friends. Um, and I really respect their opinion. Uh, we've had a, a, a few good meetings. Um, the just for a clarifying point, they know this, and it's it was in the it's in the um, uh, the presentation materials. The the most impacted part of the year, of course, is the height of the summer. Um, mm -hmm. the, their roof will be in full sun starting at 9.45 a.m. for the rest of the day. Uh, and then the majority of the rest of the year, spring, fall, and winter, their roof is in full sun from sunrise to sunset. So the okay. impacted chunk is sunrise to 9.45 a.m. at the peak of the summer. Um, so... I wish you had a solution for them, um, <laughs> okay. but I, but I, but I don't, and I've, I've said that and I don't, uh, I almost feel bad saying that to them, um, but I don't know what to do about that. The okay. only thing we could do would be reduce the number of units, which I, I don't think would be doing a service. All right. And Thank even you. if it was a non-density bonus project at four stories, it would probably have the same effect Quite given likely. the angles of the sun. 
Yeah, thank you, Michael. I can speak to that a little bit. We did uh, do some additional studies, and I would say that um, with the current reduction of the parapet, we're actually able to reduce that down to uh, nine thirty-five. <laughs> so a little bit sexy, you know. But we I did we did good. take a you know we did take a look, and again, and for the the purposes of like how much would that be? Okay. So a base project, we looked at it, um, which would be the uh, five stories, uh, fifty feet would would kind of reduce it to about a. a 830-ish kind of, you know, you know, that's when mm -hmm. we get into full sun. Um, and so we looked at it as really there's kind of a, I guess there's an hour in question, you know, in, okay. in there. Um, but resulting in, you know, uh that's a weird, you know, a 10 foot drop, drop of units, et cetera. Okay. So again, I guess from a geometry standpoint, that would be what we would be talking about is probably, you know, that okay. with less, you know, an hour-ish window. All right. Thank you. I want to close. <laughs> um, okay. One very, okay. very quick question. Um, yep, please go right ahead um, while they're here. <laughs> Is it true? I'm looking at the, the roof plan. Are you putting panels on the roof? I'm just thinking again towards the uh, just curiosity point, but there's something that says area for PV panels that's separate. Yes. Yes. We're, yeah. D during our creation of our construction documents, we're going to be detailing either solar thermal or PV on the okay. roof. So yes. So just also being responsive to the public comment. So there is some contribution back to the grid using some of that real estate doesn't help her immediate problem with her particular, but in terms of the community wide and the, you know, the clean energy production for the community, you're also contributing to that with that roof space that doesn't exist in the current use. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your question. Board member Young, do you have a question? I have comments, but they're not directed to the applicants. So. Okay, so if there's no more questions for the applicants, then, okay, board member Gaffney. Um, I just had a question about transit passes. Um, I see on the findings and conditions that it says one monthly pass for unlimited local bus transit service for every bedroom in each dwelling unit up to a maximum of two benefits. So is that, just to clarify, does that mean that uh, even though if there's four bedrooms, it still would be a maximum of two for those? How does the transit work? That's right. That's right. Okay. Wouldn't you guys be amenable to doing any more? <laughs> and, I know you don't have to. <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Um, okay. I would like to thank you for coming back up here. I would like to make a motion to close the public hearing. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Any against say nay. Okay. The public hearing is now closed. You're welcome to take a seat back in your other seats. Now we can uh, feel free to discuss. I would just like to make a couple comments regarding the, the daylighting or at least the, the solar exposure about the Western property. You know, the, the, the property line is pretty much north-south in, in the rear. And so anytime after 12 p.m., that property will, will get the sun that it has always had because from 12 o'clock on p.m., It's there will be no shadow impact any time of the year. I think that's just important to know. Um, I think stepping a building uh, regarding shadow impacts um, is most impact, impactful when there's a northern property because the sun coming from the south it sort of can will shadow the northern property more. But even in this case, I just want to iterate that this is a Housing Accountability Act project, and that applies to this project. And so just want to remind everyone, we are not allowed to reduce the density that is being provided by the applicant. Okay. Any other, any thoughts? Board Member Young. 
Um, this is a comment or suggestion for staff, but um, I noticed in um, the, let me find it, description of the calculation of the base density of this project um, on page 10. Um, per the city's density bonus procedures, the base project is the largest allowed on the site that is fully compliant with district development standards or the maximum allowable density for the site. Um, I think just yesterday, the governor signed this bill, AB 1278, that amends density bonus. It's always changing, so it's really complicated. But one of the things that bill does is it clarifies something that it already did in the past, which is to clarify that the effective density for the purpose of calculating the base density is the highest of the general plan, the zoning, or the specific plan, whichever is highest. So just a suggestion, but it would be nice to see that clarified in the base density calculation methodology. Some other comments. Um, I would like to have a discussion. Oh, and just back to that point real quick. It's in subdivision O of the section of uh, government code that is state density bonus. But I'd, I'd like to have a discussion about how the design review process works and um, how, you know, to the extent that we can require some of those conditions or changes. Um, so you mentioned earlier, um, yes, that you had a conversation to better understand that process. I'm not on DRC, so I'd, I'd just like to open it up to my fellow commissioners to better educate me on how that works. That's a great question. I think this is an important time um, to to share our our knowledge on that. Board Member Gaffney, you met with them previously, and um, maybe if you could, if you want to share the role. So I am not on DRC. Board Member Gaffney and Board Member Khan are on DRC. Yes. Yeah. So um, so we met with them initially, and they kind of showed you originally what they had. Um, we then developed those. Uh, so a lot of times we rec we develop recommendations rather than conditions. Um, con said considering this was um, an unfavorable recommendation at the time, um, we did come up with some conditions um, that we wanted to see before for this DAB hearing. Since obviously once we if we give it an approval today, then it will receive its use permit. So anything we see in final design review, you know, we can't change, you know, we can change materials um, or, you know, details and kind of talk about those, but we can't change um, any kind of major, um, any kind of major exterior changes um, uh, once we approve it here today. Um, so that's why um, the applicants met with um, both me and um, Commissioner um, Duffy uh, in order to kind of describe to us what the changes they did make, um, I can say upon reviewing with them that um, they did uh, very thoughtfully um, work through all of the different conditions and recommendations we did have. Uh, I feel uh, very comfortable um, bringing this forward to final design review um, for all of the commissioners um, there, um, and that I think they will also be satisfied um, with the different conditions that we set forth. So one question I have is, mm -hmm. so far this project has been through LPC, DRC, now it's at ZAB. Um, so that leaves the two last of the five to be final DRC and then city council potentially. Is that right? No. Um, the Thank final you. design review happens after entitlement. So it's part of the building permit process and is not counted in the five hearing limit. 
Oh, so it's not counted in the five hearing public limit. Oh, so it, does that hearing serve to potentially withhold the building permit if the project at that point doesn't meet the recommendations from the initial DRC meeting? Um, I'd say at least one of the things that I've noticed Finals Design Review does the best is really, I said one of the things we do the most is really look over the details of the project and to make sure that um, what they are presenting uh, is in fact what will be built. Um, so I said a lot of times it said it's not making any major design changes, um, it would just be small, like just small little things that making sure because there's there's a lot of times that said something will be presented in a rendering uh, that's not actually said detailed. So it's just kind of one of those last kind of checks. Um, in order to, or at least for the public, to be able to look that over and give it another fresh eyes outside of staff, um, in order to kind of just make sure that everything that is has been stated both in initial design review and in ZAB is being upheld um, and shown. So that's kind of the purpose of final design review specifically. Thank, thank you for that clarification. I guess I'm wondering just mechanically, like what are the levers at that second DRC meeting available to the DRC? Like, could they deny the building permit? No, I think what well, said we're we're once we have either approved it today or not approved it, then we have to go through with it. So that's why they met with me and yes, because said yes, whatever whatever happens today is um, well. I mean, they can obviously someone can appeal it to the council, um, but uh, our decision today is what will go through. We will just kind of be looking over at DRC at the details, kind of those little final checks. Um, so. Yeah, we cannot deny it in DRC. That time is now. Um, we can't obviously deny it really now either, but you know what I'm saying. Okay. Thanks. I'll I'll conclude with this. And the reason why I bring that up as a concern is because under um, the Housing Crisis Act, the city under subdivision, what is this, H, the city cannot impose or enforce design standards after January 1st, 2020 that are not objective design standards. An objective is, design, is defined as a design standard that involves a personal or subjective judgment by a public official that is verifiable by reference to an external and uniform benchmark or criterion available and knowable before the submittal of an application. So I just have concern that the use of discretionary design recommendations that then get implemented upon our approval at uh, ZAB is a violation of this requirement. So I'm willing to support this. We're very lucky to have applicants that are willing to play with those rules, but I'm uncomfortable with how they interact with state law. So I'll, I just want to put that out there. Thank you for sharing. Any other discussion on that topic or any other and any other topic? I just like to say, uh, you know, and board member Khan often says this much more clearly, but the design review uh, process is an advisory group to the zoning adjustments board. And so uh, we we take their effort and all of the work that they do to help ensure that uh, the, the places we make and the buildings we make are are what we hope and expect. And I'm, I, I'm very thankful for their work. And um, however, their work is advisory to this board. And what we see before us tonight is what we get to approve or otherwise make a decision on um, based on what we see and what is in the packet this evening. 
and that's it. So what we see in the renderings and what we see in every piece of data that is in the applicant's packet this evening, that's what gets the uh, use permit. And they are upheld to that use permit um, during construction and upon final completion. I'll say one more thing. Um, yeah, I stand by everything Yes says too. It's, um, I, when we're, uh, as we're discussing in design review, one thing we are very careful about is making things as we are here, what, what's a condition versus what's a recommendation. We, we try to limit the amount of conditions that unless it's absolutely necessary, is that most of the times it's all recommendations because as you said, a lot of things are like, objective and um, we're, you know, we're trying to develop those design standards in our code. So we, it will be less opinion-based and it is just here, here's what you can do and, you know, go forth. Um, so that's been exciting to watch, but yeah, we do, we are very careful about making things recommendations. So that way it's really up to the applicant on what they want to do. There are plenty of applicants that don't listen to the recommendations at all and you can just push forward. Um, so that is something we're very careful about to make sure we're not putting conditions on things that are um, unnecessary or anything. Um, so yeah, we're, we're careful with that. Hope that helps a little bit. Board member Luna Parra. Thank you. Just to clarify, the um, the ones from this past DRC meeting for this project were conditions, not recommendations. Those ones listed, yes. I think that was also due to it being said. We don't. We haven't. We don't normally do unfavorable recommendation recommendations. But one thing that as as we have been doing a couple of those, one thing that our DRC secretary is very careful of is making sure that we do give the applicant very clear reasons why we are um, giving an unfavorable recommendation, because obviously that is that does speak a lot to what, you know, when we actually get something here at ZAB, if we see an unfavorable re recommendation, I'm sure you guys would want to know why, you know, so we try and be, especially with those, extra clear onto what, what we really want to see. Um, so I think, especially with the unfavorable recommendation, that was the time we used conditions more than we normally would, because we wanted to make sure that since we will see it at final design review after it's already approved here that that was, um, you know, that it was taken care of, which is why I really do appreciate the applicant meeting with um, both um, Commissioner Duffy and I um, to go over what those are, because I said they did, they did a very good job at addressing those, um, and even ones that were just recommendations, so. Good night. I don't mean to drag this on for longer than it needs to be. This is a learning but... moment, and it's evolving. <laughs> um, I, I have, so I, agree with board member young and um i i am still confused as to how the drc is able to add conditions that come from discretionary discretionary or subjective standards that aren't written out in the objective standards design code and how that fits under state law This I don't know. If, I, I appreciate your question. This is a very complicated issue, <laughs> and it involves uh, various aspects of state law and local law. So I would suggest that the um, maybe at one of our meetings in the information report, we could have some in, information from either the the city council, I mean, the attorney, city attorney, mm -hmm. or from staff who've studied this to clarify, because I I don't believe that you have to have all objective standards, but the law is changing regularly. So it would be a good time for us to be educated on what has changed, what hasn't changed, so that, uh, you know, we understand um, 
and we're on the same page with the staff. I mean, we might understand, but if they have a different idea, we're just, it's not going to work. So, um, you know, I would, I would be interested in that because there are a lot of things. Anyway, that's my suggestion. I agree. Thank you. I think that's the right, I think that's the right way to do it with, with of course the ultimate, the ultimate goal is making sure that, uh, not only are we all on the same page, but that anybody who wishes to change their property and develop their property knows what's in front of them and knows that there aren't going to be some un unusual or un 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 unexpected um, hurdles. And so the clearer we can make the process for applicants, the better. I think that's the goal. Um, and we know, and this is specific to this project, what I've seen which is actually, I think, quite obvious, is we've got applicants who not only are a local firm that understands Berkeley quite well, and I appreciate the work that your firm does, but we have a local developer that also knows Berkeley quite well and has been part of shaping Berkeley, I think, in, in, in a lot of the right ways. And so I, I'm just appreciative of the collaborative process that you that you respect and appreciate um, in, in making in making great buildings and great neighborhoods. Um, so I just want to say specific to this project. Now, we've got to figure out how that process becomes predictable and, and can, can be upheld under the law. So um, that's our job. And we owe that to every applicant and any potential future resident that might be able to live here. So I think that's important. So thank you for bringing these up. And thank you for your patience, everybody. Um, this is an important process. Any other questions or, or, anything, uh, or anything to discuss? Uh, just one more comment. Um, when we add costs to projects, a non-zero amount of that marginal cost gets passed on to the renter. So I just want to introduce that concept into this idea, this conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Any other suggestions? Well, then uh, would anyone like to make a motion? You know, I move that we approve the project um, as proposed. Second. Second. Okay. Uh, now we get to discuss that motion. If anyone would like to discuss the motion, seeing none. I didn't hear who second did the motion. I did. Sorry. Thank you. Okay. Um, now we... Now we... Well, but the, the public hearing is closed. Um, would anybody like to open the public hearing back up again? I would support a motion if there is one. Okay, board member Young. I'll make a motion to reopen. I'll second it. Okay, now we're going to vote on reopening the public hearing. Yes. Aye. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All those against say nay. Okay, the public hearing is reopened. We have a question for a member of the public from board member Young. Or no, or so <laughs> we just stood up. So I have a question. I saw your hand. Thank you for, uh, the formalities are important because I want to respect everyone in the process. So thank you. Yeah, good. Well, thank you. Um, I didn't know when to, to ask about the conditions of approval, but I did email Katrina earlier, um, I had a, I wanted to make a, just a clarifying um, uh, uh, adjustment to like two of the conditions. I don't know if that's to be done earlier or now or later, but I wanted to just either read it into the, into the mic uh, or I don't know what the process is. So that's, I'm sorry, I should have probably asked earlier. I'm sorry for dragging on the evening. 
Um, but I could, I, I guess I can read them into the mic. Um, um, they're minor, they're clarifying, but I do want to get them out there. As given that we were curious about what you had to say, mm. we are curious about what you had to say. You can say it, and then we'll close the public hearing. Got it. Sounds good. Uh, okay. Uh, so the the these are minor. The first is the is uh, condition of approval sixteen. Uh, I wanted to add a sentence. Um, I guess I can read the the whole sentence. The, it begins with. These are not my words. Um, prior to submittal of any building permit for this project, the applicant shall submit a short list of historians and or architectural historians to complete the supplemental HRE, comma. And now these are going to be my words that I'd like to add, which will be a supplement to the HRE already received by Berkeley's Landmarks Preservation Committee, Commission, period. Those are the end of my edits uh, for number 16. Okay. For uh, item number 17, uh, it starts with prior to issuance of any demolition or building permit for this project, the applicant shall provide historic American buildings survey or HABs like short format photographic documentation of the, I would like to add exterior of the buildings. Uh, and then I would like to add as a last sentence, the HABS-like documentation is not a full HABS documentation, and the project sponsor will be responsible for choosing the photographer. Uh, that is it. I know it is minor, but I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Okay, I would like to make a motion to close the public hearing. All those in favor say aye. All those against say nay. Okay, the public hearing is now closed. We have a motion on the floor to approve the project as proposed, and we have a second. We can discuss that motion. If there's any discussion, there's also opportunity to propose an alternate motion if anyone has an alternate motion. Um, otherwise, if nobody speaks, then we will vote on the motion that's on the floor. Board Member Young. I would like to make a motion to accept the uh, additional language, starting with the word which, to item 16, but limited to that. And the rationale behind that is um, making it a supplemental to the current HRE seems like a technical change that would just probably keep this maybe potentially the same historic preservationist. But by not accepting the second change, the breadth and depth is not uh, compromised. And because this is a historic uh, queer space, I would like to retain the breadth and depth of archiving. I'll second. Okay. Um, Secretary Updegrave, did you hear the condition that he's proposing? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, so there's a motion, there's an alternate motion on the floor uh, with the, with the additional condition that has been seconded. And now we vote on, we discuss that motion, I believe. Yeah. But who would like to discuss that motion? Board Member Sanderson. I feel like I'm hogging all the time here. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not at all. Thank you. We well, I welcome. Would, I expertise. am surprised that someone is making this suggestion in the public hearing. Typically, applicants will work through their, the project planner um, and under, you know, if there's real problems you change it but if it's 
you know, clarification, then we don't usually change this. Um, so I will go along with it if the other board members want it, but I think it's a bad precedent for applicants to do this on the floor of the hearing. They can talk to the someone in advance um, and they've been doing that. So that's good. I mean, they've been talking to you guys. So I, I would discourage it as bad practice. Um, people in, you know, so, but I will, cons I, I would go with it if all the other board members want it. Thank you. And I just want to reiterate that uh, point that um, applicants receive this, uh, the staff report um, days before the hearing and they get the opportunity to review and need to and should review all details of their conditions and make sure that they have a discussion with staff um, ahead of time. And so uh, I'll, this is also quite unusual to me um, that in that in that method uh, that that the zoning board reopen a public hearing to hear suggestions now for for applicants to to say something that they might be concerned about. I think that's quite normal. Um, or I really think this is a timing issue and the public hearing was closed. And so that's something that's unique. Uh, that's just my comment. Board Member Young, do you have any comments? Um, I totally agree with that. And thinking through it a little bit more, I don't know enough about HREs to actually feel comfortable to accept changes to 16. So I'll make a friendly amendment to my own motion to just approve staff's recommendation. You can, yeah, so you can withdraw your motion. Oh, yes, I'd like to withdraw my motion. Okay, so the motion has been withdrawn. So now we're back to the original motion from Board Member Sanderson, seconded by me, uh, board, uh, board Member Duffy, um, for the approval of the use permit uh, as written uh, by staff and as uh, applied by the applicant. Any discussion? If any, please speak now. No, okay. So uh, we'll move to a vote. Uh, Chair, this is to approve the use permit for 2712 Telegraph Avenue. Chair Duffy? Yes. Vice Chair Gaffney? Yes. Commissioner Thompson? Yes. Commissioner Lunapara? Yes. Commissioner Blackaby? Yes. Commissioner Young? Yes. And Commissioner Sanderson? Okay, the motion passes 2712 Telegraph uh, has upon their notice of decision, you've got two weeks of a period of the appeal period at which any person might appeal the project. And if not, then you'll have your use permit after the two week period. Thank you. And I would like to apologize for the switcheroo in the uh, agenda today when it was on consent and now on action calendar. Uh, now we are moving to any other items, nothing else on the action calendar. We've got subcommittee reports. Um, I have not seen or we've not had a DRC meeting since uh, I saw you all last, so I don't have a report back for that. Um, I guess mostly just want to say thank you guys for the discussion kind of about a design review. And I think I'm really, uh, it has been really interesting to watch 
just all of the different, um, you know, the, uh, everything changed since we've all been on here. And I think um, the role of design review committee is something that is important to discuss. And I, you know, I hope we, none of, no one feels bad about bringing that up around here, even though it takes up a little more time. I'm really glad we get to, and I, um, I'm excited for future conversations that we will have about that. Um, and so, yeah, always feel free to um, discuss that with me and everything too, because I, I think it's really important. So yeah, I'll report back next time with the project. Thank you, board member Gaffney. And thank you for serving on not only the zoning adjustments board, but also DRC. And I know that that's, it's, it's a different type of work because you're really getting into the details on projects and making sure that applicants are really thinking through the right pieces of a project. And then you have to, um, it, I think it's, it's, it's a very careful and diligent sort of process that also relies heavily on your expertise as, as an architect. Uh, so um, thank you for your work on the entire DRC. This is the time, I think also, maybe this is the appropriate time where um, where we would either discuss some of the issues around uh, subcommittee reports in DRC, but then also any staff reports that come after. So maybe um, at another meeting, this would be the time to do it as opposed to while a project is in review. And I recommend that. I have one more comment to make. I wanted to remind the commissioners that you can and I encourage you to do this, call the staff planner. And when you have questions or concerns, you know, I frequently will call the staff planner so I don't have to bring it up at the hearing. And often it's my misunderstanding something. So um, they're very, very easy to get a hold of. They're happy to talk. So I encourage you to remember that. Thank you. Thank you. What were young? Um, yeah, I, I also, I'm being, I gave everyone a tough time and I just want to recognize that. Um, but I do really, really appreciate the work. I'm, I'm a policy person. I'm not a designer. So bringing that perspective is really, really valuable. And, you know, another, another challenging part of this is, you know, the city is operating off of ordinances that have been in place for decades. State law is changing dramatically literally in the course of less than 24 hours as of right now. So, you know, it, oftentimes systems in place, you know, we get accustomed to them and, you know, other things change and that's, that's really tough, but, you know, having that open conversation is really, really valuable. So I appreciate my fellow commissioners and being so productive and open to having those conversations and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Any Just other... one other question to add on to that? Yep. Maybe we could have a staff report um, from the staff on what state laws have been adopted that will change what we do. I, I mean, I know all the ones that affect accessory dwelling units, but I don't know all the others. But if there are some, you know, we should be informed and they can probably do a better job of figuring that out than we can that would that i would appreciate that yeah and the state laws that were recently passed do not go into effect uh they're, they're not in effect at this time um so they will be coming into effect january 1st of 2024 i don't know if some of them have later dates sometimes they have a you know like a a tiered um so yeah, so those are not in effect right now, but we can certainly prepare some kind of a legislative update uh, for the Zoning Adjustments Board 
Yeah, that would be wonderful. And that was something that I had spoke to um, Jordan Klein about when when meeting uh, board member Gaffney and myself. I think, of course, it's, there's a lot of new legislation coming. And of course, uh, all staff are very, very busy with all the existing work they have. But in order for us to do our job effect effectively, perhaps maybe it's a uh, twice a year, every six month check-in or something, that would be great. Um, otherwise, it might just be us individually pinging staff members on multiple items regarding Housing Accountability Act or other sorts of things that might, that are, um, that affect our work immensely. So um, it might just be best for, in terms of respecting their time and effort and expertise, and as well as our gathering to maybe just do it as a group, I think would, would be great. That was the discussion that we had had um, previously. I think that's great. Any other thoughts about learning and growing as a, as a as a body? Okay. Well, then, um, any staff communications? None. None. I would just like to say thank you again for your the technological calm and expertise and <laughs> in, in getting it done. I've uh, we were all just helpless, and and you um, and the IT team here. Thank you. Uh, we made it through. So uh, with that, then I would like to make a motion um, to adjourn. I'll second. Okay, let's take a vote. Is that me? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. It's not a voice, but I was waiting for the voice vote. I'm sorry. Uh, Chair Duffy? Yes. Uh, Vice Chair Gaffney? Yes. Commissioner Thompson? Yes. Commissioner Lunapara? Yes. Commissioner Blackaby? Yes. Commissioner Young? Yes. Commissioner Sanderson? Yes. Thank you. Okay, this Zoning Adjustments Board meeting is closed. Thank you, everybody.